Hey everybody, welcome to the Messengers Podcast. On this week's episode, we touch on a few different things. We are talking about the difference between marketing, advertising, and public relations. We tend to find that uh, small businesses tend to struggle with the difference between those things when you would hire one agency versus another. Um, We also kind of go pretty deep into how to work with some of those agencies from our standpoint, really as a marketing agency. Um, That's kind of where we focus, but really a lot of good information about just in general working with outside contractors, outside companies, um, and how to set expectations, uh, and really the best way to communicate with those organizations. So uh, stay tuned. All right, welcome everybody to the Messengers Podcast. We are back. We've had a little bit of a, uh, a hiatus there for a few weeks as the summer kind of wrapped up, and um, our uh, illustrious James went on uh, on tour with a rock band for a little while, and um, we we had a few things going on here, but we are back. We are uh, in gear for the rest of 2019 to kind of wrap in some some more weekly episodes for everybody here so we appreciate you uh coming back joining us again um today we wanted to talk uh, a little bit about working with a marketing company um we find uh there is tends to be a learning process that that we see new business owners small business owners go through when it comes to beginning to work with a marketing company for the first time um sometimes there's not uh not the knowledge there as far as what to expect, um, what you should do kind of leading into that relationship and how you should prepare yourself for it, uh, what you should expect out of the organization that you're working with. Um, and I guess really kind of cover some, some marketing one-on-one type stuff too. Um, just to kind of identify the difference between a marketing agency an advertising agency, a PR agency, um, and really try to help kind of drill down into what each one of those is, why they're different, how they're different, and what you should expect when working with any of them. So I don't know, Rob, if you want to maybe talk a little bit about uh, some of the common questions that, that you get. You want to start that way? I can, uh, we could no, start I can with comment on some of the more common questions uh, people have in, in meetings and, and maybe, you know, help people better prepare, like you said in the beginning, for, you know, what, what the initial meeting is going to entail and information. Yeah. Some of the stuff I know we touched on in, in, in previous uh, podcasts, um, but, um, you know, like, you know, preparing themselves by having a budget in mind. You know, that's something that we talked about. They should just know about that. Um uh, they also, um, I, I think in general well, budget, I guess, sorry to interrupt, but I, I guess budget is kind of a, a good place to start because, um, really then you have to kind of identify what is, what are you budgeting for? Yeah. Right. Which would be, you know, we, t- we did a, do an episode about, uh, how to set a marketing budget and what you should be, you know, what you should be budgeting, but we didn't really necessarily, I guess we did touch a little bit on what that kind of covers. Um, but comprehensively didn't really talk about, uh, what I was just saying, maybe the difference between PR, advertising, marketing, um, and how they are all kind of interrelated, and 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 what you're budgeting for. You know, if you're if you right. say, well, this is my marketing budget, but you don't actually know what's supposed to come out of that budget, um, 
that can be a little tricky. So, um, you know, I think the, the, the most common confusion that I see is in the difference between marketing and public, re- public relations, right. um, especially these days because they're becoming so intermingled with social media um, and the way that, that marketing has kind of evolved in, uh, in the digital age and the social media age. Sure. Um, because you're, I really, I kind of, you know, it was always traditionally your marketing organization and your PR organization were completely separate within, you know, within a, a larger business um, that marketing did what it did, PR did what it did, PR was generally government relations, media relations, community relations, you know, all those kind of things were kind of fell under the guise of PR, um, where marketing was that kind of stereotypical, you know, the four P's, product, price, promotion, placement. Um, And, you know, that still is kind of the case. But the problem with that is uh, with the advent of social media and, and the use of tools like Twitter and Facebook, um, to engage with customers mm-hmm. uh, and engage with the community and engage with the media, um, they're they are starting to kind of mix a little bit, overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really kind of feel like like PR uh, these days should be like the fifth P in the marketing mix. You know, where you have product, price, p- place, promotion, and PR. Um, where that's kind of never been the case, where where PR kind of sat next to marketing, I feel like these days it really should kind of fall under the the general purview of the marketing department because um, with review, you know, online review apps being so prevalent and the management of uh, how you handle bad reviews and responding to even good reviews and getting back to customer complaints that are coming through your marketing channels. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they really kind of, you know, you need to make sure your messaging is consistent and, and, and similar across those and that they're those, those entities are communicating with each other. Well, um, so, I mean, that's, that's me. Um, from that standpoint, though, if you kind of take PR out of that mix, you know, you have your product price place promotion left, which mm-hmm. would be the typical um, four P's of the marketing mix. You know, place is basically distribution. Where is your product going to be available for somebody to purchase? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, product is what are you selling? Um, price is what does it cost? Uh, and promotion is how are you actually going to let people know that it's there and available to purchase, which is where you kind of come into the difference between, um, uh, and even at a more granular level, advertising marketing. Marketing covers all of those things where advertising uh, doesn't really. Advertising is, you know, the, the price is what it is. The product is what it is. You know, we just, we know what we have to sell, uh, who and kind of who our target is and we're going to put an ad together we're going to advertise that product uh where marketing is much more comprehensive it's actually trying to evaluate the market itself who you're trying to reach what that demographic can afford what they're willing to pay for your product um how you can properly price that uh in comparison to competition Mm -hmm. um all of those things kind of across the board where how are you going to distribute it where is it going to be available um what's the best place to get the most exposure in distribution and and things like that so um as kind of a you know thirty thousand foot view of p 
PR versus marketing versus advertising. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of an overview of those things. Um, you know, within the promotion aspect of marketing is where you tend to find most marketing agencies will kind of fall because we don't often get clients that come in here that want help with pricing their product. Um, you know, that, that being said, it might not be a bad idea to engage a marketing agency for that. It just doesn't typically, uh, tend to work that way for smaller businesses, businesses that we kind of, you know, small and and kind of mid tier organizations. Sometimes we come across clients that really, don't have any sense of that whatsoever. I mean, I know we've had meetings with people and, you know, you'll discuss their marketing plan with them and they really have no marketing plan at all. Right. Um, They're, you know, all these things that you're bringing up now in this podcast, they're, you know, they they haven't really considered them. Um, Well, pricing's tough, right? If you've never really gone through that process, um, that's one, that's the, the area, one of the areas I struggled with most when we, when I first started my first business was, what do I charge for my time? Mm-hmm. How do I know what my time is worth? And, and how do I come up with that formula? Um, and without having, having an idea of how to break that down and say, well, you know, not only do I need to figure out, well, what am I worth, right, in, in comparison to what my skill set is versus what the market is charging for similar skill sets or higher mm-hmm. or lower skill sets? Will somebody pay that for me and the work that I'm producing? Mm-hmm. Um, what else, what other factors need to go into that? Obviously, you know, you have overhead. You know, I actually I just wrote a um, just wrote a blog article, and I'll link to it in the show notes here, but um, about mm-hmm. – uh, kind of the difference between a freelancer and an entrepreneur, uh, which which goes into that kind of pricing issue in a lot more detail. And, and the gist of that is one of the biggest problems we see when we see freelancers that then try to kind of grow into a business, um, which would kind of is what I would distinguish the difference between a freelancer and an entrepreneur. You know, freelancer is somebody that charges for their time and their work and they get paid for that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's, you know, you can have a good life and make a good living doing that. Um, The difference I think between a freelancer and an entrepreneur is an entrepreneur is then able to take that model, that concept and scale it um, beyond just themselves. And that is, I think the, the hardest part that, that I see, uh, people struggle with, or the 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 element that I I think people struggle with most, is kind of going from one to two, um, because when you go and you look at well I'm working from home on a computer that I was going to have anyway because I need a computer in my house or you know I've just always had a laptop or whatever, um, and you know I can do that I can charge for my time as long as I get paid well for my time that's great, to I need to hire somebody else. And now hiring somebody else, a lot of people look at it and go, well, I can double my production. But you can't double your production because now you need to manage somebody else. And you need to then spend more time acquiring new customers to keep that person busy. You need to service those customers. You need to handle complaints. You need to deal with, well, what about when that person's on vacation and now my workforce gets cut in half for a week and I have deadlines and all the, you know. So there's all of those issues that that you don't have when it's just you that just come flooding in when you add somebody else. And then, you know, kind of wrapping that back to pricing, 
your your pricing model was based on it just being you. Right. And now all of a sudden you're realizing, well, I because I'm only doing 25, 35, 40% more work than I was doing when it was just me, my prices have to come up, you know, and and for a lot of people sometimes the only reason that, or not the only reason, but the primary reason they were getting the work they were getting is because they were less expensive. You know, they did good work at a, at a lower cost, but they were able to do it at a lower cost because they didn't have the overhead that whoever they were competing against, the bigger businesses that they're competing against have, and they need to deal with, you know, employee benefits and providing health insurance and uh, retirement plans and all that kind of stuff that you just don't have to deal with when it's just you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that pricing is, you know, can be, can be a major factor and it, it certainly wouldn't hurt uh, if you're new at it to engage somebody else's help in trying to help kind of develop what you should be charging and whether or not it's too high, too low, or kind of is going to, you know, fit that meaty part of the marketing mix. Right. Yeah, I mean, just thinking more about the, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, people that meet with us about marketing um, and issues that we've had. I mean, I know in the beginning you asked me about it, and I've been thinking about it a little bit more here while we, we've been talking. Um, I think a major issue, and I know, you know, you brought it up recently, and we've talked about it, is with, with clients um, when there's a lack of uh, trust um, with your marketing company or, or you know, an investment in, in belief in what they can do for you and, uh, and a failure, you know, in communication with clients. Those types of issues are something that we deal with, you know, quite often. Um, you know, I think it's important that people understand that they're, they're kind of handing over the reins at some point and there are going to be certain responsibilities for them and they're going to have to relinquish some control in order for us to do our job properly. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about it in a previous episode, and it's something that I uh, I believe I kind of stole from Seth Godin. Um, so I, I'm sorry, Seth, but not really because I'm giving credit, I guess. Um, but, uh, you know, the difference between hiring a, a professional and an amateur. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the idea is... Uh, or at least, you know, from, from Seth is, you know, you hire an amateur to deliver what you want. You hire a professional to deliver the right solution for your business. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an important thing, an important distinction to to understand when you first decide to uh, engage the services of a marketing company. And to, to be honest with yourself about and to be honest with that agency about to know where you want to fit in that in that realm and why you're hiring that agency in the first place. If you are a, a marketing genius and you know that whatever you're going to do, that it's based in a lot of experience that, you know, that you're really good at it, then make sure that you are upfront with that agency that, look, this is what I do. This is what I'm good at. I want what I want. I'm going to tell you what I want. I'm going to be very clear about that. Please. You know, I just want to, I just need to expand my workforce using your talent pool um and there's that's fine there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're and you know that agency knows what the expectation is up front yeah on the other side what's that i was just going to say we have a client just like that that uh went to school for marketing worked for a period of time in marketing and uh has you know recently stepped into his family business the nursery business but when he comes in to talk about his plan for the year 
he's versed in it and he knows what he wants to do and he has his marketing plan together. Yep. And that's great. And he asks for your for opinions and and stuff and, like that but ultimately right. he's very clear about what he wants and and the stuff that he does is you know it works it's you yep. know it's um and 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 it's a smooth process because it it was very clearly understood from the beginning uh and it just works you know yeah. it's it, it works on the other side um we have the opposite where we have clients who kind of know what they don't know a lot and they more know that. that they're engaging us for our expertise um and they understand you know they'll and again they'll ask questions and they'll they'll wonder why we choose to do certain things a certain way or um what the reasoning behind certain decisions are but ultimately they trust that we know what we do and and we're good at what we do and um and you know so there's there's a trust there and and an understanding that that's the reason they're they are engaging with us is that uh, it adds a capability that they don't have it's not just kind of an extension of their workforce it's a it's we, this is organizational knowledge that we don't have that we want to engage another firm for and that and you know these these tips kind of go far beyond just uh, working with a marketing company i mean whenever you're going to hire anything out that's applicable to be sure. able to say you know to to have a real solid understanding of what your capabilities are what the the company that you're working with's capabilities are um and how those are going to kind of meld and, and work together to deliver an end result that's a positive step forward for your business mm-hmm. um you know and i think where where the issues uh when there are issues where they tend to come into play are in um and we, and we see it from time to time where we have clients who don't want to necessarily be involved in the process they kind of want to offload something but they don't want something that's not exactly what they had in their in their head right um and they're kind of unwilling to accept somebody else's interpretation of of you know the 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 project that they're working on but they're also unwilling to put the time in to be very clear and explicit in uh, in let us letting us know what that is, what what they have in their head, what that idea is, and kind of expect us to just be mind readers um, and know exactly what it is that they're looking for, and mm-hmm. and that's where we tend to see where where the problems kind of come up. Yeah, I mean that overall, that's a problem in in general. Um, and we see it a lot in the design phase of things, specifically, you know, when we get to it, mm-hmm. we, you know, uh, lack of communication is the problem. I mean, it's great when a client comes in and they say, you know, hey, this is, you know, this is what I need help with. And, you know, they really don't give us any direction. And we say, OK, we'll take the reins and go with it. And we go with it. And the feedback is it, it's That's not, not what commu- I was looking for. Yeah, it's not what I'm, you know, I don't like what you did. But then that's it. There's no other further feedback. Right. And then when we try, you know, trying well, to why not find out what their vision is, you know, you know, we, we can probably try to, you know, conform to that if it works for what they're doing. If not, we'll advise them and say, you know, right. hey, you're not really considering your market correctly or, you know. Well, and there's always, you know, there's always an element of if that's what you really want, it's Certainly, that's what, you know, and, and we try to always kind of advise as to why we make certain decisions so that we make sure that 
uh, from a, the the client's standpoint. It happens a lot with um, uh, in in web design development when we especially when we develop copy mm-hmm. uh, for websites. Where a lot of times, and this just happened actually recently, where we had this conversation with a client where um, we 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 wrote the copy for their entire website. And then one of the initial feedback items we got was that we some of the terminology that we used wasn't consistent across the entire website, um, and they wanted it to be consistent. Which, from a uh, an initial look at it, makes sense, right? I would probably say the same thing if I didn't, you know, if I'm looking at a brochure and um, you know how my services and products are described and stuff like that, then I definitely would want to see some consistency across those. From the website of things, it was done purposefully that way because we looked at how people were searching for the products and services sure. that they offered, um, and made sure that we tried to target those keywords and those key phrases throughout the website. So it was purposefully done that we didn't use the same terminology throughout the entire website because we wanted to make sure when somebody searched for it this way, they'll show up. When right. somebody else searches for it this way, they'll still show up because essentially it's the same service. They're just using different terminology, different phrasing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so we always, the our response is always, you know, we will make that change for you if you really want us to, but here's why it was done the way that it was done. Right you decide whether or not you feel like that's important enough to, you know, which one is more important, uh, and that's the way that we'll go. Um, but a lot of times, kind of to your point, where we'll get a, you know, some feedback, which is just, well, it's not what I was looking for. And you say, well, but you weren't clear in what you were looking for, and right now you're not really being clear in why it's not, why what we did isn't what you're looking for and what's not working for you. Um, and that, that's where we struggle a little bit, trying to get somebody's vision out of their own head. Uh, and I think there's some self-awareness that kind of needs to go into that too. When you're, when, when it's you to understand whether or not you are able to clearly communicate that vision and know that if you're not, there's nobody out there, you know, you might get lucky one in a hundred times and somebody might read your mind exactly might give you exactly what you're looking for because you got lucky um but that's a rarity and that's you know and especially when it when you're talking about things like design that are so subjective and um you know it it just those types of things can happen over the course of time with the client and it takes a long time to understand what they want from something it's like building a relationship if the person can't communicate clearly what they want just like in a relationship, you have to read their mind and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, find what they like and what they don't like, a lot of trial and error. And it takes a lot longer to do that, do it that way. And it's, you know, it's clearly because of that issue, because of the, the, the inability of the client to communicate clearly what they want from us. Well, and that's an important point, too, is, is the amount of additional time, uh, because that's one of the things that we see, too, where when that happens, when you're not really clear from from the get-go and what you want um, that when you're working with an agency or a freelancer or anybody that charges for their time you're taking up more of their time right and and if you're not able to clearly communicate what you're looking for it's one thing if if you're clear and you say this is what I want and somebody just doesn't or can't deliver what you want Mm -hmm. 
that's that's one thing. But if you are can't really be clear enough and you're basically just asking somebody to keep trying, keep trying, keep trying to get closer and closer to what's in your head without really being able to get that out of your head, um, there needs to be an understanding that an understanding that you're going to pay more and you're not going to necessarily end up with a product that is worth what it's going to cost you. Um, but if that's part of your process and that's the only way for you to kind of get where you need to be, you just need to understand that those services are always just going to cost you more than they cost other people because right. of that process. Yeah, no, we, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a benefit to, to try to communicate all that stuff up front. We keep going back to that and it's, you know, constantly, a, a it, it's like a frustration uh, at points with clients that aren't doing it because you, you know they're going to be billed for the time, but you know that this project could have been accomplished in a fraction of the yeah. time. And it's not like we don't want to get paid for the work we do here, but it just seems wasteful right. of, of time and energy on our part when you're, you're guessing at things rather than just having a clear understanding. If, if you, you always feel that if someone just listened more, that the communication process would be much easier. And we're, we're fairly specific and, and clear in our communication here, always. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we, we do checklists, we do questionnaires, we do, you know, you know, mm -hmm. reach out to people with, with, you know, email communications with, you know, clear, uh, points in it that, that need to be addressed. And, and a lot of the time it's not addressed and time is wasted and the clients end up spending more money and, yeah. it, you know, well, and that's, that's, um, I guess to kind of touch on two of those things. One is, you know, yeah, we, we need we get paid for it because we need to get paid for it. I mean that's mm -hmm. that's a big you know we we do a lot of things here, but selling our time is a big part of what we do. So if there's something that's going to take up more of our time, um, that's out of our control. It's not that uh, we just screwed the pooch and and something took us twice as long as it really should have or something like that. You know if it's because we can't get answers to questions that we're asking or, you know, can't have, you know, there isn't any clear feedback or clear communication coming back. Um, you know, we, we don't like that either, not because it's a waste of our time, but because it's a waste of your money. Mm -hmm. Um, where a lot of times I feel like there's a, especially when it comes to small business owners, there's, um, I, I tend to find, I, I think everybody has time management issues across the board. I know I do. I struggle with time management big time. Um, and I, I work on it a lot. Um, and I, I, and I've, um, there are a lot of people who, you know, have run good sized businesses working with really high performing, high functioning individuals who all have time management issues, who all want to get better at how they manage their time to be more productive and do more things. But I tend to find uh, in the on the small business side of things, the the people that we deal with and that you know that we talk to on a regular basis always seem overwhelmed. That there's always no time for anything. There's no time. There's no time. There's no time. Um, and I think what tends to happen when it comes then to working with when they outsource work, the understanding is I'm hiring you so I don't have to put any time into this project where that's not really the case because if you don't put any time into the project, you're going to get our best guess at what you wanted. Right. 
right? And then a lot of times you, you're also dealing with people when you're when that are entrepreneurs and, and small business owners that are controlling, that like things the way that they want them. So when you're kind of dealing with those two kind of com- competing issues, it's somebody that wants what they want, but they don't want to spend the time or feel like they don't have the time to spend to convey what they want. Yes. You know, the hope is, well, I'm going to pay somebody and I'm going to I'm going to hire a good reputable company to do it for me so I don't have to spend the time doing it and that's just not how it works. Mm-hmm. You know, and and by spending a little bit of time up front to be very clear in your communication as to what your expectations are, what you're looking for, um, that's where you're going to really get the value that you're looking for out of paying somebody else to do it. Uh, and I think that's that's where one of the biggest issues is 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 in that kind of clash of I want complete control over this, but I don't have the time to do it myself. Right. How do I kind of make those jive? Yeah, no, it's common, and people have to understand how to balance that and make it work. I mean, that's the upfront communication is the investment. All right, that wraps up this week's episode. Thanks for joining us again. We, uh, we're we happy to be back. Um, we kind of covered two episodes in one there a little bit. We had kind of planned on splitting those episodes in two, and um, uh, Rob kind of reminded me after the fact that I jammed them both into a single episode, and we really wanted to go a little deeper into the uh, marketing communication mix and the difference between marketing and PR um, advertising, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, and then kind of cover the, how to work with a, with an outside vendor in a separate episode. But, uh, we ended up just kind of jamming them all in here. But if that's something that you guys would rather, or would like to hear a little more of, please let us know. Uh, don't forget us to, to forget to visit us online at messengers.blog. Uh, you can reach out to us there. Let us know uh, if you want to hear more on any of those topics. And if you have anything else that you want to hear from the messengers, um, please feel free to reach out. Let us know. You can find us on the socials, uh, most of them at MessengersCast. Or again, just visit messengers.blog where you can find links to all of our social media, our YouTube channel. um, And you can take a look at uh, all of our past episodes. We are in the process of re-archiving Uh, all of them in a different way with more show notes. I'm waiting on Rob to finish up some of the graphics work on those. Um, But uh, all that stuff should be up shortly. So uh, thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. Hope to see you again soon.